We're so delighted to have with us today our good friend, an anointed preacher of the gospel, Pastor Joel Urshan, pastor of the great Tree of Life Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, he has been a great friend to this church. I think he preached his first sermon here when he was about 16 years old. And he's just a little bit older than that now. And we are so glad that Pastor Joel Urshan has taken time away from his church in, in uh, Cincinnati today to be with us right here in Palm Bay. We want to make him feel welcome. Amen. Would you make Pastor Joel Urshan welcome at the First Pentecostal Church. God bless you. We love you. Can we give the Lord a great hand clap of praise this morning? For he is worthy to be praised. We give him all praise and glory. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God. What a good God. What a gracious God. What a loving God. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, let's praise him again today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious God. We love you, O oh Lord. We love you, O oh Lord. What a great treat it is to be here today at First Pentecostal Church. Just one of my very favorite places in all the world to be. And uh, we love you so much. And we love your pastor and first lady, Pastor Sister Myers and Gregory and Luke and Sophia and, and uh, Bishop and Dr. Myers and this whole family. We just love all of them and all of you. What a blessed people you are. And uh, we're thankful for you and thankful for all that you represent in the kingdom of God. You do great works that go beyond this uh, building and beyond this city and, uh, and throughout the world. And, and you set such a wonderful example for all of us. And uh, we're so honored to be here tonight. We truly cherish the friendship we have with Pastor and Sister Myers. And, and I want to thank you also for sharing Pastor Myers and his ministry. He's such a blessing to our church. And Tree of Life Church is greatly blessed in many ways by his ministry. He's been helping us uh, most recently with our, our building program. Uh, we ran into some challenges and obstacles uh, along the way. And uh, Pastor Myers just has an amazing anointing. An amazing anointing. Amen. Thank the Lord. And he is a gift to the body of Christ. Uh, and I thank you for recognizing that and, and just appreciate so much uh, his availability to minister to the body of Christ at large, the kingdom of God at large. And eternity only will tell the great fruit of that labor. And uh, we truly are, are recipients of that and are thankful for that. Uh, I want to turn your attention this morning in the word of the Lord uh, to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. And... Um, I just want to read a couple of verses of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5 uh, that, that have blessed me, and I believe they'll be a blessing to you as we understand them and, and let them minister to us. Word of the Lord says in 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And I would like to preach this morning on this subject, simply this, he cares for you. He cares for you. Glory to God. I wonder if we could just lift up a voice of thanksgiving unto God for that precious truth. Hallelujah, that he cares, that he understands. Thank God, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have your way in this house. Lord, I give you praise this morning that you do, in fact, know where we are, Lord, that you care for us. Oh, God, have your way today in the precious name of Jesus. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon the preaching of your word today. Help us to hear you and to hearken unto you. Lord, we thank you for it today in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. There are certain words that we become familiar with in our everyday language and in the vernacular, if you please, or the lexicon of words that we use amongst ourselves. And, and, and we know what we mean when we use those words, and yet sometimes the way we use them and the intent wherewith we use them sometimes differ from their actual meaning. Uh, one word that I will use as an example of this is the word pride or the word proud. If I were to say to somebody, you make me so proud, or if I were to say I'm so proud of you, you would know what I mean. You would know that I mean you have accomplished something and I think it's wonderful that you have accomplished this thing. You have done something or you are acting in a certain way that brings me great pleasure. And I want to acknowledge the fact that when I look upon you, I see great value and there is great joy that comes from whatever it is that has made me, quote, proud, unquote. But it's just a, an interesting word that we would slip in there because it's not a good word. It is a sin to be proud. And we use it interchangeably with, with words like joy and words like confident and, and words like I, dignity and, and, and things of that nature. We just use proud, throw proud around and pride. I take great pride in my work or I take great pride in my ability to do such and such. I mean, and I'm guilty as the next guy. I use the word proud. I use the word pride. And I, and then it, it, it comes stumbling out of my lips. And then I'm, I feel convicted when I use it. Because it's not a good word. So then we try to sanctify the word. Say something like, well, I'm godly proud. <laughs> and I have, I have searched. I've got this handy dandy Strong's Concordance where I have tried to find godly pride in the Bible. And I cannot find godly pride in the Bible. 
that I'm over here saying I'm proud of this and I'm proud of that and I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of you and I'm proud of all kinds of things. And, and here the Bible is saying God resisteth the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. So, so the word proud is a word that we use and, and, and really it's, it has, we've deviated it from its original meaning. And the, the same, I think, can be said a little bit concerning the word care. Care is, is not quite as elevated to the position where we have placed it. When we use the word care, we, we really kind of elevate it beyond its original meaning. In fact, we've elevated it so high that, that, that we have made it equivalent to that noble Royal, the Bible calls it, word love. A word that is so high and so lofty and, and really is preeminent above all the other qualities. In fact, in fact, the Bible says of love that God is love. When detailing and listing the fruit of the Spirit before listing joy or peace or goodness or faith, all great words... He said the fruit of the Spirit is love. And yet we take the word care. When I say to somebody, I care for you, or I care about you, you know what I mean. I mean I love you. There's love in my heart for you. But I'm using the wrong word. To say that I care for you, it's not, it's not really supposed to mean that I, I love you. It, it's, it means something Something different. And so when we look at the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord teaches us what care means. In fact, anything that you need an answer about, look to the word of the Lord. The word of God is the compass for all direction and gives you understanding of all things. And so when we look to the word of the Lord, we begin to see that the Bible does not elevate the word care the way we elevate the word care. The Bible does not give care this preeminence, this pedestal that we have given it. So, so when we look at what the word of the Lord says about care or about cares, there's some alarming things that, that develop. For instance, the Apostle Paul teaches us to be full of care for nothing. He said it this way, be careful for nothing. Do not be full of care. But he said, I want you instead to pray. And I want you to bring all of your prayers and all of your supplications unto the Lord. Jesus was sitting at meat at the house of Martha and Mary. Mary was at his feet hanging to every word that he spoke. And, and he, was, he was engaging in this uh, conversation with Mary while Martha was busy clearing the table, preparing the food, and, and, and she had worked already so hard. And Jesus is not, he's not commanding Mary to get up and help. Martha's looking out the side of her eye at what is going on over here. And finally she thought, Mary needs to be helping me. And furthermore, Jesus needs to tell Mary to help me. And so she just stopped and she said, all right, Jesus, why isn't Mary helping me? And Jesus said to her, he said, Martha, Mary has chosen that good part that shall not be taken away from her. But you are encumbered about many things. 
and you are careful and troubled. You are full of care. See, care does not mean love. Care literally means distraction. So when I tell my daughters who now are driving and launching out into their life and every time that we part ways I I'm pleading the blood of Jesus you just if you need to get closer to God just have some teenagers and you'll be closer to God than you've ever been before you'll be praying every moment of every day pleading the blood asking God to dispatch angels and man you'll be praying all the time pray without ceasing no trouble now I, I'm praying all the time and I'm constantly saying be careful I'm telling them to be full of care because I want them to, to not be so focused that they lose sight of other things around them. I want them to see out of their peripheral. I, I, I want them to notice who's walking in front of them and what if, if, if somebody's disobeying the red light law. And I, I want them to be careful at the intersection and, and to notice where they are and, and who they're with and to understand the, the surroundings where they find themselves. And, and, and that's what care has to do with. It has to do with awareness of everything going on around you. And Jesus told Martha, you're full of care. And Paul told you and I not to be full of care. There's a, there's a problem that develops when, when you are fully and completely aware of everything that is happening around you. In the word of the Lord, the Bible teaches us that, that there were curses handed out in the third chapter of the book of Genesis. The first curse was levied against the serpent. He was going to eat the dust of the ground. He was going to go upon his belly forever. And there would be enmity between he and the seed of the woman. And, and to the woman, this was the curse. Upon thee there will be multiplied sorrow. In childbearing there will be sorrow. And, and, to, and to man... The curse was interesting. The Lord said, you will work by the sweat of your face, but the ground will be cursed because of you. And the ground is going to be so cursed that when you work, you are going to not only produce some fruit, but with that fruit is going to be thorns, thorns, thorns. The thorns will grow along with whatever it is that you produce. And so today, every rose has its thorn because of the curse. So it might be beautiful to look at, but be careful when you grab it because it's going to cause a problem for you. That's the way the works of man have, have become, that there are thorns associated with what we produce. Jesus gave an amazing parable about thorns. He talked about a sower that went forth to sow. He told his disciples that the seed the sower would sow was, was the word of God. And as the sower went forth to sow, he sowed the word of God. And this seed would fall upon various types of ground. Indiscriminately, he sowed seed. And, and he just cast it wherever he could. And some seed fell by the wayside. The angels, or pardon me, the, the, the birds came down. And they, they devoured the seed that fell by the wayside. And Jesus would tell his disciples, this is like the enemy that comes in and takes the seed that God is trying to plant into your heart. He said, then, then there was seed that was cast upon shallow ground. It was covered with rocks and there was no earth there. 
And he said the seed could not take root because it was, it was shallow. And this, this is like the seed that falls upon the heart where room has not been made to receive the word of God. He said then there was some seed that fell upon good ground. And this ground, it had the ground, the, the, the fallow ground broken up. And it had been cleared of rocks and cleared of thorns. And it was where it needed to be and it could receive the seed which is the word of God. But then he talked about an area called thorny ground. And the thorny ground was not capable of growing. It looked like it could grow. It began to grow. The seed fell upon that ground. It looked a lot like good ground. But when the seed began to go down into the earth and the roots began to spread under the surface and there was root growth and everything looked good, but when it emerged from the surface, it began to grow as it should and as you would expect it to grow. See, the Word of God is designed to grow. The Word of God, if you will let it, will produce peace in your life, peace in your marriage, peace in your mind, peace in your home, peace in your finances. You will be kept in perfect peace if you let the Word of God do His work. Hallelujah. And, and so the seed is growing and the plant is growing. And then something strange and, and tragic happened. The Bible says that thorns began to grow up around what was growing. And as the thorns began to grow, they, they, they attached themselves to what the seed was producing. And they began to choke what God was growing in that little area of garden. That's exactly where some of us find ourselves today. Jesus explained to his disciples what those thorns were. He said, those thorns are the cares. They are the cares. The cares of this life. They are the cares of this world. And I'm preaching to people today who have cares in your life. You have cares that are going on beyond these walls and beyond this surface of this service. And as I'm preaching to you the word of the Lord, your mind is even distracted a little bit to think about things you have going on this week. Something you have to look forward to. Something you have pressing. Something you hope turns out all right. Maybe it's a symptom in your body that you're not sure what the cause is and you're concerned about it. Maybe it's your child, your teenager. Maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's your spouse. Perhaps it's your job, your coworker, your employer. Unpredictabilities about life. And while the word is going forth, oh, you want it to grow. You want to have peace. You want joy to be your strength. You want the goodness of God to be substantiated in your life. But the cares are preventing the word from really doing its work. The cares of this life. Things you are worried about. Things you are fretting. Things that are keeping you awake at night. Things that you regret from your past and things you dread about your future. Cares. Cares of this life. Cares of the world. They'll choke out your walk with God. They'll choke out your spirit. They'll choke out your prayer life. You'll go from being joyful in the presence of the Lord to being sorrowful. When you should have peace, you will be worried. Can I tell you something about worry? When you start worrying, that is your cue to start praying. 
Stop worrying about it and start praying about it. If you've got the energy to think through all of the worst case scenarios that could develop, then you've got the energy to stop what you're doing and stop where you are and say, Lord, I need you to take this from me. Lord, I need you to lift this up off of my shoulders. And you want me to tell you why? Because the Bible said if you're cast, your cares upon him, you can do it because he cares for you. Well, hallelujah. Pastor Myers, I was praying for a guy one time. His wife dragged him to church. He didn't want to be at church. And he, she brought him. And, and then she dragged him to the front of the church and started asking us to pray for him. He did not, not only did he not want to be at church, he didn't want to be in the front of the church for sure. She came down and said, we need y'all to pray for my husband. He's really seeking God. He wants a life change. And this guy looked like he just wanted to hurt somebody. He was standing there. Jaw was locked. Fists were clenched. Scowl on his face. He did close his eyes. I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I kind of have to have a little bit of an openness if you're going to pray. And I, I just said, that's it. <laughs> doing good just, just that's it give him the praise give him the glory face locked up jaw locked tight fists clenched scowl on his face that's it man just give God all everything I thought Lord have mercy we're, we're not getting anywhere my brother and my sister were helping me pray for him we were younger and I, I, I decided you know what I'm going to quote the scriptures to him and you start quoting the Word of God, and the Word of God will break down every stronghold. The Word of God will break every chain. The Word of God will begin to do a work that your own words cannot do. And so I just started to speak the Word to him, and I quoted 1 Peter 5, 7, except I misquoted. I said, cast all your cares on him, and he'll cast all his cares on you. My brother and my sister looked at me like, what in the world are you over here quoting? But you know what? He started crying. Big tears started streaming down his face. I think he felt the weight of the planets on his shoulders. Couldn't take it anymore. The Lord can work through our, our uh, feeble efforts. But, but the fact of the matter is, folks, that's not how it goes. If you cast your cares on him, you cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Now, now, you need to understand something here. When I say that, I don't mean cast all your cares on him because he loves you. And he does love you. Don't misunderstand. He loves you with a perfect love. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you. He knows every thought that has coursed through your mind, and he still loves you. He knows every deed you've done, and he still loves you. He knows every problem you've caused, and he still loves you. He knows everybody you've hurt and he still loves you he knows how many times you've doubted him and how many times you've resisted him and how many times you've rebelled against him and he still loves you but that's not what this verse is saying this verse is saying cast your cares on me and I will care for you 
You've got the cares. They're there. They're thorns. They're thistles. They're a result of your sin. You've caused the problems, and you've created these issues in your life, and now there's so much you can't navigate your way through them. You can't get around them, but I'm telling you, if you'll cast them on me, I'll take care of them for you. Hallelujah. I was sitting in a meeting here recently. Pastor Myers has been helping us with some things. I was sitting in a meeting a few months back, and, and things were not going our way. And, and, and things were beginning to, to work against us. And I had been up at night worrying about it. I, the, the enemy had come against me, and I was fretting. I knew not to fret, I, but I was still fretting. Knew not to worry. I knew to pray when I worry, but, 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 but I was choosing worry sometimes over 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 prayer and I was saying oh Lord help me help me and while I sat in that meeting and the cares began to mount and the cares began to become too much something I couldn't I couldn't lift off of my own shoulders I felt my Heavenly Father come down to me and speak to me and this is what he said he said I'm not gonna let you worry about this anymore I am taking this off of your shoulders give them to me give me all of those worries give me all of those dreads give me all of those fears everything that you're concerned about you hand it over to me and I will take care of it for you and I said there people were around me and I wasn't even praying I was just saying in my mind God I can't I can't do this it's out of my hands and all of a sudden the moment it lifted a very strange sensation came over me and this was the sensation I don't care <laughs> it was such sweet peace it was such sweet joy. I don't care. That's all I could think was, I don't, I do not care. Somebody would say something against me and I, I don't care. Somebody would, somebody would say something else. I don't care. I just simply don't care. God, and I thought, I actually felt bad for thinking it. I thought, Lord, is that even okay? That I don't care? Because you did something really powerful for me. You just lifted a burden off my shoulder. You just took something from me and placed it upon yourself. And now I'm left with this sensation of I don't care. But I was misunderstanding what the word care means. Care doesn't mean I don't love. Care doesn't mean when I say I don't care, I'm not saying I don't love and it doesn't matter to me how this turns out. What I'm saying is I don't have to worry about it. God's got it. He's in control. He's in charge. And I'm sorry. I don't care anymore. Hallelujah. That's what you need to tell the devil when the devil comes against you and begins to tell you things about your family that are spinning out of control. I don't care. God is in control. I don't care. God is on my side. I don't care. The Lord is for me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, Jesus said, he said, consider the ravens. They don't sow and they don't reap. 
And he said they don't even have storehouses, but they don't go one day hungry. They have everything they need. Consider the lilies. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. How much more shall God clothe you than he will the grass in the field, which today is in the field, and tomorrow it's cast into the oven. Take no thought, therefore, for tomorrow what you shall eat or what raiment you shall put on, for the Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory. No, no, I, I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't care. You can talk about how bad things are in our world. I don't care. You can talk about how bad things are in your world, my world, our world. I don't care. My mind is fixed on one thing. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind me. And I reach forth unto those things which are before. This one thing I do, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though war should rise against me. That's something to care about, right? No. Though an host should encamp against me. Well, shouldn't we care about that? No. Because David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, beholding the beauty of the Lord, inquiring in his temple. One thing, I'm just going to seek first the kingdom of God. And when I seek the kingdom of God, all of my cares begin to fall into place. Hallelujah, where they need to be. Thank you, Jesus. No, I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. God will take care of what you are currently worried about. But you've got to cast your cares upon him. See, this is what we do. We say to God, we say to God, all right, God, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my cares. Then we reach into our back pocket and we pull out the thing we're worried about and we lay it down at the altar and say, all right, God, there it is. And then God said, okay, well, but what about your finances? No, I got that. You just take care of this. What about your marriage? No, 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 no. I got that too. You just take care of that thing, that one thing that I think I don't have. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible said, cast all. Oh, hallelujah. All your cares. And he didn't say lay them. He said cast them. 
He said he didn't say he didn't say bring them nice and folded and, and make sure you have them in alphabetical order and that they're filed in, in a nice orderly way and then you bring no 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 see you're caring too much. You're caring too much. You're trying to alphabetize. You're trying to strategize. You're caring too much. But the Bible says cast them. And when you don't care, you just throw things. I was looking at those guys throwing suitcases on the airplane the other day. And I thought, man, you can tell it's not their luggage. You can tell they're not worried about whatever souvenir they're bringing home because they're just, they're just throwing stuff. They're just, why? Because I don't care. It's not mine. I don't care. That's the way you got to be about your worries. That's the way you got to be about the things going on in your life that you can't control. I don't care anymore. God, it's yours. It's yours. And I want you to know that the creator of all things, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, he will take your care. And he will care for you. Somebody clap your hands for him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hello, somebody lift your hands unto the Lord. Lift up your voice unto him. Lift up your voice unto him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm coming to a close. You can stand. I'm coming to a close. But hear what I'm saying. Because here's what we do. We sometimes say, God, God's not concerned about this. This is small. I can handle this. I can take care of this. If I just... Think this through enough. I can do that. And I'll let God worry about my transgressions and iniquities and diseases and, and all of that stuff. I'll, that's what I'll let God handle. That's what he died for. And it's true. He was wounded for our transgression. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. It is true that with his stripes we are healed. It is true that God will take care of the big stuff. But don't forget what his crown was made of. His crown was comprised of the cares of this life. The thorns and the thistles that choke out what God tries to do in your life. Solomon said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Sometimes it's the nagging, accumulative cares that begin to drown out your worship and your prayer. The things that you, you can't necessarily even put your finger on, they're just, they're just getting to you. And you care. You care. And you care too much. And the Lord is saying, bring me your cares. Cast them upon me. I will take everything that you have in your life and I will begin to sort it out for you. I'll do it. You just worship. You just, you just pray. You just seek my face. You just love mercy. Do justly. Walk humbly before thy God. You Listen, you do what you do in your work and employment as unto the Lord and as to his glory. And God will take care of the rest oh hallelujah I feel like burdens need to lift right now 
Some of you walked into this house with burdens on your shoulders. And you simply don't think that they'll ever come off of your shoulders. And I came from Cincinnati, Ohio to tell somebody he's going to take your cares away. He's going to roll it off of your shoulders. He's going to lift that nagging worry and fear and dread off of you. And he's going to do the caring for you. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just lift up our hands unto the Lord all across this house. I'm going to make these altars open right now. And I want somebody who needs the Lord to move in your life. Hallelujah. You say, I don't know if I really want to go up in front of everybody. I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm so far beyond that. I just don't care. I don't care what people think. I need Jesus. I don't care. You can say I'm overreactive. I don't care. I need Jesus. before the Lord. We're going to cast it under the Lord. Come on, cast your bread upon the water. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to give him the thing you can't take care of. The thing that spun out of control. 